Yo, this is Axel Rose of Guns N' Roses. Hey, this is Carmen Electra. Hi, this is Daryl Strawberry. What up, though? This is Big Snoop Deal Double G. Hi, this is John Stallard. Hey, yo, Hulk Hogan here. What's up? This is Beyonce. I got a great show lined up for y'all. Hey, yo, yo, yo. Let's get this party started. The Sports Beat. You know what? Let's keep it hot. The Sports Beat is off the chain, man. Ah, yeah. The Sports Beat. Download the podcast now. You're listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. Welcome to the Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. I'm your host, Richard Holdridge. Glad to be here on a Friday. We've got a great show. Just a reminder, you are listening to this episode on WQEE 99.1 FM, the key. As always, we've got March Madness talk, major upsets in conference tournaments. Baseball is back as they finally reach a collective bargaining agreement. So we will have baseball. I will have the Columbus Rapids men and women's team fell last night to the Fayetteville Fury in uh, some hard-fought games at the Columbus Civic Center. Before I start my show, it is the two-year anniversary of the day that sports stopped, March 11th, 2020. I remember exactly where I was when I got the update. I remember exactly where I was when I got the update on my phone that the NBA postponed the rest of the the regular season because of the coronavirus. Of course, the NCAA tournament was canceled. So we were getting ready for conference tournament play, thinking who's going to make this NCAA tournament. Thought that they were going to play that tournament without fans, but that was a terrible blow to all college basketball fans to have that canceled. Not postponed, but canceled. The NBA postponed their season. The NHL postponed their season. The start of Major League Baseball, Major League Soccer delayed. So we went three months without sports. I just started this podcast. I remember still doing podcasts, talking about sports documentaries. And I remember when The Last Dance came out, that was a huge sports documentary. Everybody watched it. I previewed the shows. I'd I'd do the recap on the episode. I was just trying to hang on. I didn't know what was going to happen. Of course, I was a guest on 95.7 ESPN Radio for two episodes and hoping to get that call to be a regular host, if not full-time, but I was hoping for a part-time gig. But sports did return. I was happy to see the sports return. Baseball was in a bubble. Basketball was in a bubble. Hockey was in a bubble. The MLS was actually the first sport to return. They returned in June. The NBA returned in July of 2020, and still COVID protocols were in place. When they came back, there were no positive cases, and the NBA went into a bubble. I did not like the fact that the Lakers had all that time off, and they got healthy, and they won the NBA title. I knew that they had to finish the season. Because you couldn't cancel the season. So the bubble was the only option that they could have. But I wasn't a fan of it. But sometimes in a pandemic, you have to adjust. I feel that sports has made its full return. I know we had games canceled. But the 2020 season was crazy. I mean, locally here in Columbus, Columbus State completely canceled. You had the Columbus Lions canceled their 2020 season. The River Dragons canceled their games. And so Columbus was trying to make a comeback. And so 2021 was a great season for the Columbus Lions, the Chattahoots, the River Dragons won the Ignite Cup. And now we have the Columbus Rapids. So Columbus, it's a great time. 
to have four professional sports teams. So before we get into the March Madness and baseball returning, uh, I'm just going to give a recap of all the local teams. The Columbus State Cougars will travel up to Augusta to take on Queen University this Saturday in the first round of the NCAA tournament. The women's team in the first round of the NCAA tournament will take on North Georgia. You have the River Dragons that are off this weekend. They will take on the Watertown Wolves for a three-game series next weekend. And, of course, the Columbus Rapids were in action on the pitch at the Columbus Civic Center last night. The men's team fell to the Fayetteville Fury 7-0. It was a defensive effort by the Fury. They are 10-3, and and they are the best team in the NISL. And they had the perfect game plan. All their defenders were spot on where they needed to be. Kenneth Perkinson with some incredible saves. And Columbus could not get any scoring opportunities. They had some shots on goal. But they could not get the scoring opportunities they needed, and Kenneth Perkinson for Fayetteville pitches the shutout. Columbus is now 4-10. They will have a week off, and then they will travel to Fayetteville on March the 20th to play the Fayetteville Fury once again. Their next home game is going to be March the 31st against the Memphis Americans. The Columbus Rapids women's team lost a heartbreaker to the Fayetteville Fury in overtime 4-3. to But it was a great moment for Maddie Peterson, a player that the Rapids just signed this week as within three minutes of the game, she scores her first goal to give Columbus the 1-0 lead. But Ashley Bukta had two goals for Fayetteville. Their leading goal scorer, Kate Weisner, scored a goal. And it was a back-and-forth game. The Rapids fought hard, but they're now 4-10 and on the season. Still in third place. They are a half game above Fayetteville in the NISL standings. And they will take on Fayetteville on March the 20th. So Bria Riancho was in as a striker as they gave Haley Ryan the duties as the goalkeeper. She did an incredible job. I thought Haley Ryan had a very good game. There was no Olivia Jarrell or Casey Hall, so the Columbus Rapids were without their two leading goal scorers. And uh, hopefully they'll have a better result as they gear up for the playoffs. As the NISL season gets ready to end, it has been a privilege. I have been truly blessed to be the play-by-play announcer for the Columbus Rapids. Had a great moment last night at the Civic Center as I finally got to meet Dave Plata, who is a Columbus sports legend. Of course, he worked at WTVM. He was a play-by-play announcer for St. Ampicelli. And there's a possibility uh, that I could possibly get him on the podcast. I think that he would be a great guest. I've already had Scott Miller on the podcast. And I have a list of sports figures, media personality that I would love to get on this podcast. And uh, hopefully I'm looking for big things for this podcast. A really cool moment in uh, Columbus State yesterday as USA softball player legendary Jenny Finch had a game clinic, and that was great to see the Columbus State softball team. Good to see them have that game clinic. Columbus State baseball team, 17-3 and on the season. They're ranked 8th in the NCAA Division II. We'll take on South Carolina Aiken for a three-game series on the road up in South Carolina starting tonight. They are currently 3-0 and in the Peach Belt Conference. So good luck to the Columbus State Cougars baseball team. The LaGrange baseball team, currently 12-1 on the season, 
will travel up to North Carolina to take on North Carolina Wesleyan. The LaGrange Panthers are currently ranked 15th in NCAA Division III. They've had a very successful season so far. Just an announcement as Golden Park has been selected as the site for the Southern Athletics Conference Tournament. That will be the first weekend in May. I'm looking forward to seeing the teams in the Southern Athletic Conference to include some teams from Georgia. We have Bruton Parker, but also Faulkner University, my wife's alma mater, playing baseball in that conference tournament. Of course, Faulkner has won an NAIA World Series twice. I know their head baseball coach, Coach McCarthy, he used to be the baseball coach at my alma mater, Freed Harbin University. Speaking of which, the Freed Harbin University softball team ranked fourth in the country They're looking to return to Columbus and play in the NAIA World Series. Of course, Columbus is the host of the NAIA World Series. When that gets closer, I will have full coverage of the NAIA World Series. Just a reminder that the Columbus Lions' first home game will be April the 23rd against the Jacksonville Sharks. And I am pleased to announce that I am part of the broadcast team with Jared Dillard. He is the voice of the Columbus Lions. Jared and I will have the call on Columbus Lions YouTube channel. And also, Jared and I have started a podcast dedicated to the Columbus Lions. And our first guest will be head coach Jason Gibson. Looking forward to the season as the Columbus Lions try to avenge their loss to the Albany Empire NAL championship game last year as all three losses were to the Albany Empire. And and also the NAL has a new team, the San Antonio Gunslingers. So football fans will get to see football all year round, the indoor game, the outdoor game. We got the USFL coming in April. I will cover the Birmingham Stallions to make sure that we get all the coverage of football all year round. Well, baseball has officially returned. I had to check my Twitter feed and my Facebook page just to make sure this wasn't a joke. I was optimistic. A couple of days ago, they said they were going to cancel another weekend of games. And I was gloom and doom. I seriously thought it was going to be over, that baseball was not going to be back for a while. But they reached an agreement in the collective bargaining agreement, and no games are going to be canceled. They are going to play a full 162 games And opening day will be April the 7th. What's going to happen? Opening day used to be March 31st. They'll have some doubleheaders in there. They're going to make sure to have a 162-game season. Some of the changes from last year, no more base runner on second after the 10th inning. I did not like that rule. I know they were trying to speed up extra inning games. You've got to play extra inning games. It's what makes baseball incredible. Speaking of baseball, I will have my baseball preview show next week as the Atlanta Braves try to defend their World Series title. But first order of business, they need to re-sign Freddie Freeman. I will put that on my Twitter page. Let's keep it going. Let's get it viral. That is number one priority for the Braves organization is to re-sign Freddie Freeman. I don't care about their six outfielders just yet. It will all work itself out. Ronald Acuna Jr. is coming back from that injury. You also have Jock Peterson. You have Eddie Rosario. You have Jorge Soler. And you have Adam Duvall. Don't forget Christian Pache. He was the starting center fielder opening day last year. He's still an up-and-coming player. 
I like the Braves' chances to not only repeat, but to go back to the World Series. I like the Braves' chances. I think that they can compete. They are the favorites in the NL East, despite all the moves that the Mets have made, signing Max Scherzer, and then the Phillies with Bryce Harper. I hope that the baseball experts are watching and they pick the Atlanta Braves. If they don't pick the Atlanta Braves to win the NL East, that's a disrespect towards the Braves because the Braves have Austin Riley. They have Dansby Swanson. They have Ozzie Albies. They have a great team, and they should be one of the favorites to make it back to the World Series. I know the Braves fans are optimistic, and we only have the two titles, but they have a young team. They have a team that is poised to get back. They have the pitching staff. They have Max Free. They have Ian Anderson. And the return of Mike Soroka, you get another ace in that starting lineup. And I think the Braves can do it. And I'm looking as a San Francisco Giants fan. They won 106 games last year. I really want to see the Giants do well. But I'm looking at the schedule. So April the 7th is opening day. At Truett's Park, they will present their championship banner and present their World Series rings to the players. That's going to be a hot ticket at Truett's Park. A lot of Braves fans are going to relish in that moment. That is going to be an amazing moment for the city of Atlanta. And the Braves just have had an incredible run, and i like to see them run it back. But as a Giants fan... Of course, I'm going to try to get tickets to see the Braves and the Giants. I'd like to know exactly when they're going to play. And uh, they will play the Giants a four-game series June 20th through the 23rd. So I'm interested in uh, going up to Atlanta and uh, attending a Giants game. They sometimes will play on the weekends, but playing on a weekday? Yeah, I'm going to definitely... uh, probably plan my vacation around there. And June 7th and 8th, they're playing the Oakland A's. I mean, I have ties to the Bay Area. I casually rooted for the A's. They rarely play the Braves at Truett's Park. The last time I went to uh, a Braves-A's game, the Boston Red Sox, you have uh, some intriguing matchups in baseball. I think the Brewers are going to have a good season this year. The Dodgers still are a dangerous team. All right, conference tournaments last night. March Madness, I believe Michigan's out. They were a bubble team. They lose to Indiana, another bubble team. I don't see Michigan making it into this tournament. Their win-loss record is not impressive. 17-14. and 14. Indiana was able to beat them last night. Duke got a scare from Syracuse. They were able to get by. And an upset in the SEC conference tournament as Vanderbilt was able to beat Alabama. You also had Oklahoma beating Baylor. I don't think Baylor's a number one seed anymore. You lose in the first round in the tournament, I don't think you should be a number one seed. I mean, they were on the brink of being a number one seed. I think that Baylor will be a number two seed. Looking at some of the other games, Toledo gets by Central Michigan. I'm keeping an eye on Toledo because they have not made the tournament since 1980, and that's one of the teams I would love to see them get into the tournament. Texas A&M beats Florida in overtime. I don't think Florida is getting in this tournament. You lose in the second round of the SEC tournament, and you don't deserve to get in. I think with Villanova winning, I think that they have a possibility to get a number two seed. So the conference tournaments, it's going to be crazy. They start out early today. Indiana taking on Illinois. 
Of course, Indiana's a bubble team. Texas A&M, another bubble team, taking on Auburn. You have Cincinnati taking on Houston. LSU taking on Arkansas. Iowa taking on Rutgers, another bubble team. Mississippi State taking on Tennessee. Creighton taking on Providence. Creighton, another bubble team. Michigan State taking on Wisconsin. TCU taking on Kansas after the upset over Texas yesterday. You have Miami and Duke, Vanderbilt, Kentucky. And the University of Memphis taking on Central Florida. Memphis is starting to become a team that could get that last bye. And Hawaii taking on Cal State Fullerton. USC taking on UCLA. Andy Enfield gets an extension for the USC Trojans. One coach that is out is Tom Crean. He has been fired as the head basketball coach at the University of Georgia. This is the right move. He was a terrible fit from the start. I know he's had success at Indiana. He led Marquette to a Final Four. He was just not the right guy. Georgia needs to get an up-and-coming basketball coach that can teach X's and O's. And then eventually they will get the players here to Athens. But they are lagging in facilities. And what really was Georgia's undoing is their terrible non-conference record. I mean, you finished 6-26 because you were losing to some terrible opponents in non-conference. If you want to even be considered, I don't think Georgia would have fired Tom Crean if they didn't win a single game in the SEC and they had a better non-conference record. Their overall record, 6-26, was abysmal, and that's why Tom Crean is out as Georgia head basketball coach. Now we could play the game. Who can replace Tom Crean? I'm interested to see what candidates Georgia has on the horizon. In the National Basketball Association last night, the Brooklyn Nets took it to the Philadelphia 76ers as the Sixers fans booed Ben Simmons. He didn't even play. But Brooklyn flexed their muscle with Kevin Durant scoring 25 points, Kyrie Irving scoring 22, and Seth Curry. Talk about disrespect, the Sixers trading him away. Seth Curry said, I'm not having that. He had 24 points as he shot four threes. And Seth Curry is starting to become a very good role player for Brooklyn. This is the first loss for the Sixers with James Harden in the lineup. And Harden had a terrible game. 3 of 17 for just 11 points. This was a statement win by Brooklyn. And I think if Brooklyn, with all the right pieces, if they get everybody back, Brooklyn is going to be a threat in the Eastern Conference, even if they play in the play-in game. Don't count out Brooklyn, even if they get an eighth seed, even if they get the eighth seed and they take on Miami in the first round. You had the Golden State Warriors getting a very good win on the road against Denver, and they needed it because the Warriors were struggling. Denver, a very good team on the road. The Warriors get the win after Steph Curry scored 34 points, 24 of those in the second half. They closed the game on a 13-0 run to beat the Denver Nuggets. Nikolai Jokic had 23 points. The Warriors are 45-22. and Here's some of the games on tap tonight in the NBA. The Atlanta Hawks, who currently have a two-game losing streak, will take on the Los Angeles Clippers tonight at State Farm Arena. The big question for the Clippers is, will Paul George or Kawhi Leonard play? More than likely not. But the Clippers right now, 35 and 33. They still have some good players. Luke Kennard, Reggie Jackson. But yeah, no Paul George and no Kawhi Leonard. 
I don't know how the Clippers are winning without those two players. Their two best players are out, and the Clippers can still win and control their own destiny. And the Hawks have got to get this win because then they take on the Pacers and the Trailblazers. Then they travel to Charlotte to take on the Hornets. It's crunch time for the Atlanta Hawks that they want to try to get into the playoffs. They're currently the number 10 seed, but you don't want to play in the play-in game. That decreases your chances of getting into the playoffs. And the woeful Lakers taking on the Washington Wizards tonight as Russell Westbrook takes on his former team. I wonder how Kyle Kuzma, Contavious Caldwell-Pope, and Montrezl Harrell is going to play tonight as they return to the crypto arena to take on the struggling Lakers who lost to the Houston Rockets in overtime. So the Los Angeles Chargers trade for Khalil Mack. The Chicago Bears getting rid of their pass rusher. That solidified their defense. And it looks like Chicago is just in a rebuilding mode. Khalil Mack gives the Chargers the pass rush that they could use alongside Joey Bosa. And you look at this division with the quarterbacks in this division. Russell Wilson, Patrick Mahomes, Derek Carr. The Chargers are going all in. They saw the Rams won the Super Bowl. They share the same stadium. They got a great quarterback in Justin Herbert, and they were just inches away from making the playoffs. They are a good team that is trying to go for it. I tell you, I'm a fan of teams that when they go for it, so the Chargers are expected, the Chargers are expected to send a 22, a second round draft pick from this upcoming 2022 NFL draft and a sixth rounder in 2023 to the Bears for Khalil Mack. Khalil Mack is one of those players that can make an impact right away. And alongside Joey Bosa, that is going to be a one-two punch when it comes to a pass rush that the Chargers now have in that division. They've done a good job drafting defensive players like Derwin James and Asante Samuel Jr. Head coach Brandon Staley has got a vision. He's got the quarterback right. Now all they got to do is get that defense up to par and they can compete with the Chiefs and Broncos in this division. Okay, so after the NFL Combine, we've got some clarity on where these draft picks can go. I'm looking at the latest. This is the 2022 NFL Mock Draft, according to SI.com. And the Jacksonville Jaguars picking Aiden Hutchinson, the edge rusher from Michigan. Although some of the mock drafts have them taking Evan Neal, they could use an offensive tackle to protect Trevor Lawrence. But this is a good pickup because Aiden Hutchinson is the best defensive player coming out of the draft. Probably the best the, the best skill player coming out of the draft is Kyle Hamilton. He had a great combine. Detroit Lions could pick Kyle Hamilton right there. Kayvon Thibodeau, the edge rusher from Oregon, going to Houston. Evan Neal to the Jets. You got another talented offensive tackle, Akeem Iwanu from NC State, going to the Giants. And then Charles Cross, the offensive tackle for Mississippi State, going to the Panthers. Giants are back on there. Trayvon Walker, the first player off a national championship from Georgia. Georgia's going to have a lot of players picked in the first round. This is interesting. The Falcons, for the longest time, have been projected to take a corner with the eighth pick. They got them taking Garrett Wilson from Ohio State, the wide receiver, due to Calvin Ridley being suspended for the 2022 season. Do you really want to take a wide receiver here with the eighth pick? You have so many needs, especially on defense. You really need to go corner or middle linebacker or even edge rusher 
before you think about taking a wide receiver. There'll be some wide receivers in the second and third round, but I really think the Falcons, they need to pursue Bobby Wagner. Now, the 49ers are one of those teams that are pursuing Bobby Wagner. How great would that be to have Bobby Wagner come to his hated rival? He was the anchor on that Seahawks defense for a decade that led them to a Super Bowl championship in 2013, and they almost won a Super Bowl in 14. And Bobby Wagner has been one of the best linebackers in all of football for an entire decade. He's been an all-pro just about every year. So the Seahawks have the Broncos pick at number nine, and no surprise that they're going to take Malik Willis, who has been the most impressive quarterback coming out of the combine. I can't wait to see his pro day. I think that Malik Willis has all the tools to be a good NFL quarterback. So yeah, the Seahawks would make a good decision here getting Malik Willis. The Jets taking Jermaine Johnson, the edge rusher from Florida State. You got the Washington Commanders taking Drake London. Not a bad combo. If you get Drake London here, you pair him up with Terry McLaurin. And the Washington Commanders have Carson Wentz. So it makes sense that they're not taking a quarterback in the latest mock draft. You got the Minnesota Vikings drafting Sauce Gardner, the talented quarterback from the Cincinnati Bearcats. Cleveland getting Jamison Williams. Now, Jarvis Landry is going to test the free agency market. Baker Mayfield is going to run it back for one more season, but he's got to get some weapons. Jamison Williams was the most talented wide receiver coming out of this draft. The ACL that he tore in January set him back a little bit, but he is ahead of schedule, and he has been rehabbing. Here you go, Baltimore. Of course, the rich get richer. Baltimore has always been known for great defense. If they get Jordan Davis here at 14, that is a steal. I think Jordan Davis could have an Aaron Donald-type NFL career as he just blew everybody away with a 4.7840 at the combine. You got the Eagles have the next two picks according to this mock draft taking Devontae Wyatt out of Georgia who played right alongside with Jordan Davis he was just as talented and he was one of the anchors on that defensive line that led Georgia to a national championship and then the Eagles have the Colts draft pick for trading away Carson Wentz they're projected to get Derek Stingley Jr. Really, you know, going defense with the 15th and the 16th pick, I'm curious about this move. And then the Los Angeles Chargers taking Trevor Penning as the offensive tackle. They already have Rashawn Slater, who has been a home run draft pick, protecting Justin Herbert on his blind side. And now let's solidify the other side of the line and give Justin Herbert the protection that he needs for the next 10 years in this league. The New Orleans Saints, who really need a quarterback, Kenny Pickett is the pick here. He had some criticisms about his hand size, but does New Orleans want to stay with Taysom Hill? They gave him all that money. The Eagles have another pick, uh, Traylon Burks. So the Eagles have three picks in the first round. Of course, they have the pick from the Dolphins and the Colts after several trades. And the Pittsburgh Steelers at 20, they need a quarterback. Matt Corral was the most NFL-ready quarterback before the injury. There is a big question mark on his injury, but he seems to be ready. He's got a quick release, above average arm strength, and self-awareness. Matt Corral could be the quarterback that could take over the realms in Pittsburgh. Won't have to do much because Pittsburgh is surrounded by talent everywhere. 
with a good running back, Najee Harris, a stout defense led by TJ Watt and Minka Fitzpatrick. The Pittsburgh Steelers will have a good team around them. Just like Ben Roethlisberger's rookie season when the Steelers went 15-1 and back in 2004. Devin Lloyd, I actually think that people think that Devin Lloyd is going to have like a Micah Parsons type year. He's the most talented linebacker coming out of this draft. That would be a huge steal if the New England Patriots can get him at 21. They seem to have an eye for defensive talent as they hit home runs by getting Christian Barmore last year. He's been just an amazing impact. The Los Angeles Raiders need to get some more weapons. At 22, Chris Olave from Ohio State. They whiffed on Henry Ruggs. I mean, that's not going to be a draft pick that they are going to take advantage of. But they do have a good slot receiver, third in Renfro, Hunter Renfro. They let Amari Cooper go to the Cowboys. And now where is Amari Cooper going to go? That's going to be a big question. David Njabo, the Arizona Cardinals. I believe they're going to let Chandler Jones walk and test free agency. So they got to solidify that pass rush. And don't be surprised if Chandler Jones gets an offer from the Falcons. They really need a pass rusher, even though they're over the cap. The Falcons might have to do that. Tyler Linderbaum, Dallas Cowboys need to get some offensive linemen to help protect Dak Prescott. Their offensive linemen are still Teron Smith. They still have uh, Liddell Collins, but it would be nice to get some youth, especially since their offensive line is getting older. Buffalo Bills, Trent McDuffie, the cornerback out of Washington. Then you got Andrew Booth Jr., the cornerback out of Clemson for the Tennessee Titans. Tampa Bay, Zion Johnson out of Boston College. Green Bay, George Kadarfus, the edge rusher from Purdue. And this is the 49ers pick that the Miami Dolphins is getting at 29. And they're going to get Jahan Dotson. Of course, this is a mock NFL draft. Kansas City, Daxton Hill, the safety out of Michigan. You got Kenyon Green, the Offensive lineman out of Texas A&M. Nice to see Cincinnati going offensive tackle here because they need to give Joe Burrow protection. Imagine if Joe Burrow had a second to throw. Cincinnati would have won the Super Bowl. And finally, the Detroit Lions have the Rams pick after trading away Matthew Stafford. And since Jared Goff is just not working out, they have uh, the Lions drafting Sam Howell. Well, that's all the time I have on the show. I want to thank all my listeners that downloaded my podcast. And don't forget to like and subscribe to my Facebook channel. I hope everybody has a great weekend. And we will talk to you Monday as we will break down the field of 68. And I will have my bracket filled out. And we will go game by game what we expect to happen in this tournament. Hope everybody has a great weekend. Bye, everybody. Thank you for listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. If you would like to hear more of this podcast, you can download the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, or wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast is broadcasted out of Columbus, Georgia, and focuses on the local and national sports scene. I am Richard Holdridge. If you have a sports question or if you would like to be a guest on the show, just inbox me on my Facebook page, The Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge, or on my Twitter feed. And as always, I hope that you have a blessed day. You've been listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. We invite you to download and subscribe. You can find us on Anchor, Spotify, Google Cast, 
Stitcher, iTunes, or wherever fine podcasts are found. Thanks for listening. Feel free to share with your friends and family. This has been the Sports Beat with your host, Richard Holdry. Produced in Columbus, Georgia. Extra production provided by J.D. Matthews. All opinions stated herein are those of the host and do not represent the opinions of Anchor Podcasts. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved.